Consistently inconsistent anime podcast. I'm your host Rob. It is uh, I. Oh, my co-host Et. Et of much foolishness. Yes, it is I. Now before my power. <laughs> and you want to introduce uh, our, <laughs> our third co-host? Oh, you know, I had to give my guy to come back. If I had to describe this gentleman, I would say, you know, like it's the strength of a Kenji Miyazawa with the intelligence of a Ronpo. But like you got to add in like. World Trigger Rajin Maru Energy with the playoff foolery of Nigel Thornberry. And then you get Mr. Cole. How are you doing? How's it going? It's your 2020 Olympic bronze medalist for naps. Um, <laughs> this is a perfect example of yeah. all the above. Did, did you go for silver? Or were you like, not really sure? No, nah, re- nah, nah, I just wanted to be there, really. <laughs> like the Quinta little video. <laughs> I'm just happy yeah. I was here. Yeah, just wanted to be there. I ended up getting bronze. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So in this episode, we're going to go over the next um, four episodes of the, well, we're going to divide it into, we're going to go over the next four episodes of um, Bongo Straight Dogs. Um, we started we start episode five, obviously. Um, yes, sir. So what's, what, is, what is your guys... Um, you can start first since you're more, this is more new to you. Like, what was your perception about um, episode five? Um, episode five. You want me to give a general perspective and then like get specific, or just go episode hey, five go and then we'll go. Uh, just generally, I think um, I said in the last episode that the world building was cool, and I think that it kept that up. Some series get real world building e, and then hone in on one person. So it was cool to see that they continued, and I think that Ron Poe is the perfect example uh, because at the end of the episode, it reveals that Ron Poe is potentially just a fool um we're thinking this is you know powers in the same way that other people have powers and abilities and gifts and whatever and then you find out he just smart and like wait if he's just smart why does he need to activate his intelligence you know the suggestion is he don't he's just stupid so like including characters like that alongside people who are genuinely gifted in ways that are like supernatural is wild because it a sets the stage that you can compete without a power and it mm-hmm. b um shows the places that i guess the author is willing to go in terms of creativity because including a ron poe in this who's like bruce banner reed richards batman at his prime smart who's just chilling on the sidelines and doesn't really care to be involved unless he's properly incentivized even though he's a good guy just opens the door to any manner of foolishness we could see so i thought episode five was cool specifically because um you added an idiot who doesn't really have anything to offer except his billion iq one thing yeah. I did enjoy about that episode was how um how sure of himself he is. Like as a mm-hmm. as a character, like I do like I do like intelligent characters that like are sure of themselves. And us following along with um what's what's the main character's name? I can't forget the man's name. Atsushi. Yeah, following along with with Atsushi, and it's like we're we're meeting this guy at the same time Atsushi is. So we're getting, and I I feel like that helps a lot with world building where we we're getting introduced to stuff as the the main character is getting introduced to stuff yeah. and we're learning um you know the ins and outs of stuff because he just met these people like two weeks ago like these are <laughs> and we're getting we're also 
like within a similar amount of time learning these characters and learning who they are, the, the intricacies, their their powers or non-powers. Um, <laughs> right. Um, what about you, Cole? What do you think about that episode? I mean, it's definitely one of like the most memorable episodes for me. Um, Rompo's character. I mean, I enjoy his character design. The old like nod to Sherlock Holmes with the stinking like cow coat over the shoulders and the little little flat cap. Um, I mean, even his the naming convention like we talked about um in the last episode with Edogawa Ranpo. Um, I think that's really cool. I mean, he's just an enjoyable character. Mm-hmm. Um, but it handles the powerless character in a way that's a lot more enjoyable to me than like like naruto did with rock lee you know like yes this is a guy who like doesn't have the same abilities as everybody else and it's like he's not trying to prove himself he's just like yo i will be like i'm just that guy like like there is no like he's trying to fit in like rock lee's character was always trying to fit in with everybody else but you could never really find his space that right and like but like we meet this guy and like all the char- all the characters that know him respect him. Yep. Like across the board. Yes. Like even though his power isn't real, they still like indulge him because of what of an asset he is. Right. Um but he's not powered in the same way that they are. So like it even expands like the idea of like what the um agency means in terms of gifted, right? Like sure. everybody's special, right? It's just a matter of like do you believe that you are? Um, so it's, it's, it's a very, it's a really cool episode, especially like experiencing it, like you guys said, through Atsushi's eyes, um, for the first time I watched, unfortunately, and I regret <laughs> every moment of it. I watched, um, part of Marvel's Inhumans and that is horrible. You are the only person who's done this. How did you it even is. access this material? <laughs> And it is horrible in how it continuously repeats the same story beats to the characters in the show that the audience already knows. Like, ugh, Black Bolt stubbed his toe 15 minutes later. Black Bolt stubbed his toe, you guys. It's like, all right, we got it. Like, the point is to move past that because the audience already knows. Um, so it's like CW Flash, but, like, instead of 10 yo, episodes, it's one? Yo, don't don't even, like, expose yourself to that toxicity, man. That's no, I stopped after, like, season... After they put the fifth speedster with a different color lightning in there, I, I gave up. Like, I can't. Bro, bro Flash really, oh my God. I watched it for way too long. And it's like, bro. I quit early. There's, 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 there's scenes where this man just does the most blatantly stupid thing just for to advance the plot. I hate shows like that. That where, brother is not aware he has powers half the time. Yo, he fast until somebody says, "I cooked you, Barry," and then he's suddenly all depressed. Yeah, and all he needs is a pep bro. You're right, like bro. Mans, Mans could like it's established in the canon of the show that Mans could just grab people and just put them in in, in prison before they could react. Yes, unless and, he forgot. and then he just some episodes he forgets, and these and some and some of these niggas need to activate their powers before like they they could do anything. Yeah, so the the, the big strong metallic nigga. He could have grabbed him before he activated his powers, put him in the Starlight um uh, Star Labs prison and, and that episode would have been done in, in ten seconds. Yeah, it seems like I opened but, up some wounds over here. But if he did that quickly, then how would we reaffirm that they really are Barry's family? Would you know mm. that they still loved him? Mm. I don't know, Rob. You're not considering the story for real. And then yeah, and then yeah. the, the both yeah, Captain Cold episodes in season one, bro. 
man's did ass. <laughs> he, he let this man turn his gun and shoot at somebody. So rather than than you know, running up to him and taking the gun at him before he shot the person, he let him shoot. He ran past him, let him shoot his gun to save the person. That that shit is, oh my god! Like that shit is so much worse in retrospect. Hey, real oh. talk, we, we could drop a flash slander episode. You know, I'm always down. Yeah, oh my god, fire on EDC, brothers. And, yo, uh, you know. You know. If you hate that, yo, the humans is ten times worse. Nah, bro. as a Marvel fan, I knew to leave that shit alone because they didn't believe in that. They put. Bro, that I watched the first. I watched the first three episodes. I was like, hold on, let me see something. I'm just gonna skip to the end because I'm not like if I if I if I can skip to the end and watch that episode successfully, the show is buns. I watched the first three. There's eight episodes, so first three episodes, jump to the end. I was like, no, I wouldn't want to suffer through another four episodes of this. No, on top day, of that, to be honest. Like, <laughs> yo, yeah, that shit is is like you you you. That's that's why I feel like not 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 many people are are built for for this writing shit. Like, nah. if you yourself have to make your characters just stupid as fuck for them to to for the plot to continue, you gotta yeah. change something. Not, like not not to go on a very specific rant. That might be a different podcast. But I feel mm-hmm. like you're right. Most people are not built for the writing shit. But when the goal is to just pump an episode out so you can put the ads up, it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's you don't need character development, growth, consistency, awareness. You don't need any of that. You just need 22 minutes of television. So Yeah. But it's, it's also more insulting when like you see people who have less of a budget and less of an established IP. And yeah. like what they give you is amazing. Like, they're like swinging us back into the, the, the show. <laughs> but, um, like this, like, this episode does a really good job of, like, like getting us to care about Ronpo, who, like, yeah. for all intents and purposes, could j- have just been a background character the entire time. Yeah. Right? Like, they didn't have to bring him to the forefront. But, like, oh, hey, here's an entire episode where you're going, you, the main character, are going to spend some time with this guy. And, like, and in awe of him specifically. And it's like, it's yeah. weird. This, I don't know what genre this would count as anime-wise. But mm-hmm. I think um, the, like, going back to the, you know, less notable IP and everything, there's definitely an intrigue and a, a general regard for the lore that you can feel. So, like, Atsushi's important, you know, to wear Tiger. Everybody wants to wear Tiger. But mm-hmm. Ronpo's not treated as, like, a oh, I might have to surpass him in the future. Like, he's not treated as a stepping stone. He's a human being that functions within the context of the team. So it's like yeah. when you meet him, it's not just to say, oh, it's not It's not like when you meet Rock Lee and Naruto and the only point is to indicate that he's stronger than the cat, the main guys are right now, which lets yeah. you know that's where we're going. Like, Ronpo seems to be on a different trajectory entirely. He's a valuable character that just exists outside. Not outside, but he. Ex- this world is big enough that there's space for multiple lanes for people to exist in. Mm-hmm. I, one of the first things I wrote down when I was watching it was like, oh, does Ronpo's super intelligence have a combat application? Because I'm thinking standard shonen shit. Like, maybe he's super smart, so he reads all the punches. And that could come to pass. But where we are right now, it's, into- it's also entirely possible. Nah, he's just a brilliant brother in the desk. Like, he just helps us figure things out and hangs out in the meantime. So it's like, the fact that I can envision two different places or multiple different places this can go speaks to the fact that this is not just a, I got to get strong story where every person is solely here for power scaling purposes to one another. Yeah. Yeah, he, he doesn't really fit that mold 
um when it comes to like yeah this guy is stronger than this guy so like i think like what you said earlier he does fit outside of the main like power scaling kind of like because obviously there's there's the show is trying to make a parallel between um um man's with the rashomon and man's with the were tiger Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm never going to remember the names. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I like Akuta Gawa's yeah. name. I don't Akuta know. Akuta Gawa yeah, yeah. and Atsutsi. I there's, like there's, his name. there's obviously a parallel that you see early on between the two characters. That man is between, a hater. Between their, um, their, their reverence of Daisai mm-hmm. and the, the way their powers are set up in each other. And, and they're going to really um, play up on that later. I know. That. Um, I can't wait. I can't wait. Smoke gonna be immaculate. He fits outside of that, but he's still like he's still willing to engage in combat for his friends, even though he's gonna, even though he knows he's going stepping into it with a super disadvantaged situ, um, situation because he doesn't have any real application for his powers like that. But see, even with, I guess it's a credit to the writing. Even with, I still don't know why Dazai is good. Like, he seems to be OD. It seems that he's like, you know, to use a parallel from another show, like, he's Gojo here. He's not just a teacher. He's him. Like, when, when, you, when you look around and ask, you know, people talk about people and there's legends and whatever, he's him. Not just him. Perhaps he's Himothy. Shout out to Young City. So, I mean, I think because he doesn't have combat, his powers have a combat application, but it's, it's not a damaging one. It's just hands. So if he could just have hands, this other guy who's smart and can read everything could easily have hands because they haven't shoehorned, they haven't rather pigeonholed themselves into, hey, yes. you got to have a certain power level to compete or you got to have a certain power set to compete. There's room for that creativity, which is cool. That's facts. And he does, like, use his creativity in fights. Um, there's a fight that happens in season two. I'm not going to say anything specific, but he uses um, his, yeah, he's, he uses his intellect to beat a character or at least stall a character that he should not be fucking with at all. And in the whole show, like the whole show, there's a lot of characters that, that um can beat you with their intellect. And also there's a lot of characters that can beat you with, with just raw strength and power. And, and I like how that um this all fits in the same universe and it makes sense within this universe. Yeah, and and it, it's it sets up another um kind of comparison a little bit later in like the episodes we're gonna talk about today. Um where like all right, how do we fit these like not super offensive powers into a world where people are outright violent? Like right. Alright, like cool. Like he stays home unless like the story's like unless like detective work exclusively is need to needed to be done. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he doesn't go out. He's not the. He's not like the combat dude. Like, but if he, but his role is important. Like everybody has a role, essentially. Right. Yeah, um, but also he does. Like if if it's a all hands on deck situation, he will engage. Yeah, he will be engaged in combat. Like he is a. Obviously, like if you if you want if you're in a fight, you're gonna get Daisai. You're gonna get Kunikita. You're gonna get um Johnny Appleseed. You're gonna get um. The, the niggas with the with the tough powers or <clears throat> or the or the niggas that that have hands he doesn't really have he doesn't have either but he's just intelligent and willing to once once he's incentivized willing to put it put um everything on the line for his people remind me to ask y'all about kenji because kenji actually uh 
now that I'm thinking about it, opens up the power system a little bit in a way I'm not familiar with. And I don't know if he's more, we can talk about it later, but he's interesting yeah. and confusing because I don't know much about him yet. But yeah, I mean, yeah. thus far, I just think these epi- this show has done a good job of putting me in a position where I have no idea what the hell is coming. Uh, my best guess is literally just throwing crap at the wall and hoping something sticks just because this could go any number of directions. And even with the powers, I imagine the powers will get more important because, you know, the, listen, after uh, Atsushi tried to hit mans with the ora, 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 I was like, all right, I know they're going to be popping off <laughs> at some point. But it's also entirely possible that because of the way they're building the factions out and that not everybody involved in the factions actually has an ability, that this is as political as it is superpowered. And like, not only yeah. because people have powers as their political intrigue around powers, it's like, nah, these are effective. These factions are all shooting for, I don't know if it's the same thing or different things or whatever, but these factions are all trying to move and shake throughout this world and they keep bumping heads and powers are going to be a part of the conflict, but the conflict is not based on or derived around the powers from what I've seen to this point. The only person that seems to be of that sort is... um Atsushi. He's the only person that's like, oh, we need that power. I don't know why they need that power. I'm sure they'll tell me later. But he's the only person that's coveted for his ability specifically because it seems that they can kind of navigate this thing without additional, without specifically having powers. Yeah. And then, well, so what's the the next the episode? Is the Azure Messenger um, starts up that little mini arc? Yeah. In the first season. Um, that two yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want to, you, we can kind of like lump these episodes together into one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they kind of flow. Probably, it's probably one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But again, this is like a cool little arc in there. Um. Really get like Kunikita's always been there. He's been there pretty much since the first episode. Cool. Um. But he's always just floating, right? Like he's he's had lines. Like we've seen him him and um and Dazai's uh like interactions so he's definitely set up to be an important character but it's like all right what's this dude's deal right like why is he such a stickler for rules like what's his deal with the book like what are the what are the capacity of of his power like why does he get to basically roll around with that guy like et said right like like so he has to be that guy too if he's that guy's partner thanks he does they're not gonna put some bum with him um so starting with episode six the azure messenger we see kind of like the core like of the good guys with Atsushi, Dazai, and, uh, and Kunikita um, going after this series of like abductions. Um, they meet this woman who um, plays a ex- significant role, turns out, in this, um, in this little arc. Um, she was drowning. She meets them, complains about being kidnapped, um, and they go off to find this person who's been doing these kidnappings turns out like halfway through the episode, they solve it and they find out it's the cabbie. They send them back. The cabbie's like, Oh no, but I was forced to by the port mafia. Please protect me, protect me. Right. So it's like, Oh, so there's more to this story. Right. Um, when they go to the location that the cabbie told them to, uh, they're attacked by a Kudagawa, I believe. Yep. Um, yep. When they reach that point, um, Kunikita and Kudagawa have a little face off, which is, Yes, sir. Yeah, which is a cool little, like, nice little back and forth. Um, Kunikita definitely shows why he is also that guy. Um, Himanagawa. Yeah, but uh, Kudagawa doesn't go down that easy. Um, so it's, 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 six is definitely a good episode and flows right directly into seven because they find some more, um, 
some more about the Azure King, um, which we can talk about a little bit in more detail when we when we shift over to episode seven. But what do you guys think about this one? But I think, yeah, I think this mini arc really is what um, I think. That, yeah, this show, what this show does so well is constantly shifting the lens of who's important. Yes, and that's true. And it's more realistic that way where, like, in real life, you're not going to have one person doing everything unless, like, you're you're really the... I mean, even the GOATs have, like, you know, they have teammates and partners. And contemporaries, um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, contem- contemporaries in this case, where it's like, we've seen Kunikita fight against uh, a character that, that has only been beaten by um, a, the guy that could cancel niggas' powers. Right. We're seeing mm-hmm. we're seeing this really tough character who who like should on paper have a good matchup against him and he's holding his own. He's getting his hits in. Yeah. We're we're seeing why he deserves the title of of being the, the leader of this group of this ragtag of this ragtag group and we're seeing why he's so important to Daisai and why he's so important to um and that leads into later parts of the mini arc and even later later seasons of why him and Daisai make such a Comp, uh, competent duo. Mm-hmm. I got conspiracy theories. I'm hold those off for two seconds. Um, <laughs> I think right. this is very specific. I don't like you know. You're watching the anime. You start to see similarities between people. There's a very specific uh, personality archetype that I realized recently that I like a lot, and it's the hyper rule driven guys who are Ooh. almost like const- almost like constantly stressed because the world doesn't fit into their. <laughs> little box they've constructed for it so Ida from my hero is one of them but he doesn't get as much screen time as i'd like so kunikita is that person and in fact he stuck with dazai who's a damn fool and atsushi who was later to reveal to be not just unaware but a fool no less is, is very much enjoyable to me but when they kind of simmer down the foolery around it and break him down to his basics he's very interesting because it seems that he's so driven by this ideal and like it also connects to his power but you don't know what the limits or specifications of his powers are. So it's like, is this somebody who, because of his beliefs, is just hyper strict in how he carries himself? Or is this something that is, or like, you know, externally imposed on him? So for example, I've noticed to this point, he's pretty much only made things that are handheld that could fit, come out of the pages of a book. I, I don't think that's know. One of the stipulations of the power, though. I think he says, he says that, like, I can only make stuff that's about the size of uh, my notebook. Did he say yeah. that early? I don't not prior not prior to um not prior to this episode yeah not prior um, to this episode but because because he like atsushi says um oh like just make something and he's like well i'm bound with got you the size of the of the book okay um, okay i i don't i didn't remember that he was bound by the size of the book but his writing is such that like i could believe that this man just has some moral thing against it cuz he's so strict and he goes often around this like the specific word he uses often is his ideal and yeah. in episode six, I believe the young lady's name is Sasaki. Uh, poor, Sas- uh, poor Kunikita is in a blender because he tries to talk to the girl and she seems to be giving Dazai more attention to him. So he's getting cooked. <laughs> 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 he lists his, his, effectively his Tinder profile to the girl and she's like, nah, he's going too far. And the man is crushed. But it shows that like his, it, these are not for sale. Right. So it's a gag yeah. and it's a moment, you know, a passing moment. But like these things are not for sale. And this is who he is independent of, you know, it's almost like the Captain America, the, the famous panel where he's like, you plant yourself like a tree by the river of justice. And when the world says move, you tell it, no, you move. 
that's the kind of guy he is, and that's the kind of bag he seems to be in, which is interesting because he's fighting the mob. But by the end of the season, it starts to become clear that it's not Cowboys versus Indians, so to speak. It seems there's a bunch Ooh. of different factions who have similarly not it's not that these guys are anything bad that i've seen thus far but it doesn't there's nothing painting them as the moral authority here necessarily they're all kind of just doing stuff and it's like oh everybody got a group where they got a couple superpowers who are you know the the big chess pieces the rook the knight bishop and then a bunch of pawns who kind of participate as well so him being stuck with his ideals in a way that would prevent him from moving flagrant is interesting just because it seems that this is the world built for such flagrant movement, and this is the man who's bound by his ideals. But yeah. now that I mention ideals, y'all ready for this conspiracy theory? Go get it what? off. Get it off. All right. I don't know if it's him or his brother or his father. The Azure King it specifically says the Azure King wants the ideal world. The only person that the word ideal has been used in reference to the entire time is Kunikita. Their eye okay. color is mm-hmm. similar. And mm-hmm. hold on. Damn, I don't know what that note means. But (laughs) the point point is the Azure King being somebody who seems to want to circumvent the laws of this world in order to create his ideal world uh, pretty much by, it seems like by any means necessary. And the fact that we just got revealed a couple episodes ago, or maybe it's a couple episodes from now, whichever it is. No, no, it was a couple episodes ago that Daza used to be gang, uh, Port Mafia back in the day. It's like, okay, so his partner used to be evil real quick. And now there's an evil guy who has similar hair color and similar eye color to the guy who sits and talks about ideals all day. And he wears glasses Mm -hmm. and the other guy wears a mask. Is this just him? Was this him? Is this an alias he uses to move around the criminal world? (laughs) But I guess we'll see. But the two of them on the same page like that in the Kunikita episode, okay, this is clearly not a coincidence. Or I'm being deceived OD and I've been on the pump fake. But we're going to see. Yeah, because moving on. Go ahead, go, go ahead. Go. Oh, I was, was going to kind of. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> go forward. I'm not saying anything else. There you go. I too am speaking. Go ahead. <laughs> no, oh, but I was I was just going to move us to like episode seven and kind of start talking about like the actual Azure um, apostate apostle, whichever I'm seeing both. Um, as your apostle kind of storyline and that apostle arc concludes with um, kind of piggybacking off ET's um, conspiracy theories. (laughs) Yeah. But like, 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 so in episode seven, um, after Akutagawa runs off, cause he was, he got a little scary over here. Um, they go about going. Um, Daza kind of continues his his obsession with the Sasaki girl, um, sticking by her, kind of always listening to her, trying to figure out her side of the story. Um, the reason for that is revealed a little bit later. Um, we see a good example of Daza and Kunikita's teamwork in episode seven, and kind of like how they use each other, even though like they're so like opposed, like so much of an opposing force. Um, with one being so again ideal based and rule based and linear, the other one being so chaotic, but like they can come together and get things yeah. done. Um, it's really dope. Uh, kind of relying on each other's weak points. Um, like yeah, that, that's, we talked about that's this. Cool. We talked about this earlier. Where um, not um, I talked to Et about this. Where um, Daisai's Daisai basically says, "Come with me then." 
Like, you're not using your powers? Right. Come whoop me. <laughs> so, yeah. so if, a, if, a, if there's a nigga that could whoop him, he's like, Kuna Kita, handle that. <laughs> I'll handle the, the nigga <laughs> with the crazy powers. So, it's yeah. it's cool how, um, like you said, Cole, um, these guys are completely different when it comes to who they are as people. And Kuna Kita seems as like, um, as a conversation, it's, it it's like the, 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 the author or whatever is trying to have a conversation about um, what it means to, to hold strong to your ideals and what it means to, to have um, strong ideals in a world that, that doesn't give a fuck about your ideals. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a gritty crime filled story and he and him and his organization are trying to hold on to, to this ideal of, of being good kind of. Mm-hmm. They still do like some weird shit, but their their yeah. their whole plan is to try to be you know make make their family grow and 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 do good by people. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and and like and not to undo the dark, but to just be there to be the light in it, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, which I which I find is a cool like they're not trying to save the world; they're just trying to make it a little bit better. Um, yeah, you just don't let the the rot you know, progress too far. And yeah. see, it, it, like, you saying it that way is accurate because, like, this is jumping a little forward, but it's on Kunikita as a character still. Um, in episode 10, uh, Atsushi did some main character shit, and it's like, oh, okay. He goes back to go do whatever he wants to go do. We'll talk about that in a second. But Kunikita is, it seems like he's almost expressing, it seems like he's almost expressing where his ideals stop, and it's not because yes. he wants them to. So he's like, yo, like, as much as I want to be, we're not heroes. And, like, hearing somebody who's as, as strict and ardent and adherent to his ideals as he is talk about the limits of what they can and cannot do. It's like, yo, what L did you personally take that was going to stop your ideals from going to the moon and back? Because that seems to be the person that you are. So it's like, oh, you know, yeah. we try, but we're not heroes. And, like, it seems like he's speaking from some place of, like, I don't know if it's lost or he got whooped or whatever, but it doesn't seem like he's just talking off the, off the top of his head. He's referring mm-hmm. to something that he's tried to do or that he had to learn the hard way. And like, you are exactly I, right. You could just tell from the way it was stated that there's something yeah. that was there. And I think it's interesting yeah. because it's like, yo, as idealistic as you are, this is not what you wanted. This is less than you wanted because before you thought you were a superhero and it didn't go the way you wanted it to. Yeah. And it also does thing because like when we meet Atsushi, right? Like it's like his whole thing is like, oh, like I'm an orphan. Woe is me. Like bad things have happened to me. And then like we see like as we eat, meet his character, like, no, like they've had bad things happen to them too. And there's a lot yeah, of orphans right? over there too. Yeah, yeah, like like they're they're pretty much like a band of orphans, right? Like even though there's a there's a pair of siblings, right? Like who have some form of family, right? They don't have a family. Yeah, like so this band of people who've, who've overcome the darkness that's been in their lives to try to be that little bit of good, like and what like in whatever way that they can, right? Like it's so cool because the stakes in this the stakes in this in this show are so human. Right, yes. even though there's such incredible powers, like they're not out here saving the world; they're saving a dock. Like, yeah, like, yes. like that's it's it's small. I can conceptualize what that space looks like. Right? right, like they're still dealing with people with like miniguns, people pulling up in cars doing drive-bys. Right, it's like 
it's a, it's it's again romanticizing. It's still an anime, but like the stakes are something that I can identify with. That's um, right. Yeah. Like, which kind of makes the pressure hit a little bit more. So even after watching this season, like for like the fourth time, it's like there's still that anxiety watching them like try to figure out how to get in that battle because. Kunikita's power isn't necessarily the best for long range like engagements, right? Um, and his ideals doesn't allow him to be to be lethal, right? Right. But da- and Dazai is he's light and, and quick on his feet, but he's not a heavy hitter, right? Yes. Like, like so. There's like even within these people with like incredible powers, there's still stakes that I can understand. Like, there's going to be some dude who's quicker than you, who's like more skilled, who has that ability that you can't beat. And there may be that dude that's just out better, like stronger than you in some way, and that might not be your fight, but it doesn't mean you can't fight like that. Like, I mean, I, I think the the writing in this show, in this show, and the and like the manga, are absolutely fantastic. And I think again, like those naming conventions were done for a purpose. Like that guy definitely values good writing. Um, I do enjoy the um the nature of all the friendships in the show. It's like you mean yeah, like. And even even amongst in real life friend groups, you might have one friend that's elite in one thing but sucks in another thing, or like you're gonna have different people that are skilled in different things in in any kind of group, right? Um, mm-hmm. and the the way Daisai and um and Kunikita kind of like just fix each other's weaknesses, like Cole said earlier, they 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 make up for each other's um mistakes, is is very real very human right and and i and i think that's so cool yeah it, it contributes to the theme of family because like you guys yeah. said you know there's a lot of people these people don't seem to have like at least to this point it's not like these people have other people in their lives like Dazai's whole gag is based on the fact he has no young lady in his life whatsoever uh, I don't if he got one I guess he'd just kill himself but that's not the point right now um <laughs> It's not like he has a you know a wife to go home to or anything like that. Atsushi was an orphan that got kicked out of his orphanage because he's uh, you know basically a pariah in his life. Um, there, Kyoko who gets added later on. She has nobody. It's a bunch of people that have nobody, and you see that you know mm-hmm. it's a it's a familiar thing. But they're developing ties and bonds through this organization, and I think that them interacting in this way and covering each other's weaknesses. Uh, you know, I said it before. I think uh, somebody something bad will happen to somebody, and it's gonna uh, put me in a terrible mental space, but I'm prepared for it because I think the writing has been good enough to this point to justify having an investment in these relationships. So like Dazai and Kunikita are two sides of the same coin. Uh, Sushi's their young boy and he's learning to become more competent, but he's a young. Ranpo's the, the Shikamaru, the gifted but lazy friend who, you know, he yeah. popped in once in a while, but he ain't really worry about what y'all talking yeah. about. Yeah, you gotta you gotta motivate him to get it done. Yeah, like he just don't do foolishness. He can't be trusted. Now I will say I am super tired of the weird anime style sibling thing. I don't. Yes. I need y'all. To oh die. my goodness. I want someone More. to be arrested if this continues. More. And someone has to go straight to jail. But, yeah. and it's yeah, that's always. Gotta, that's got to be in there in anime. It is. You, you look back and it's got to be in there. It's got to be. It's funny because that man, like everybody, like I don't know why he's the victim of all the. I, what's the, the cat girl from Fire Force? The one who gets harassed the most? Anybody watch Fire Force? I forgot her name because I've, 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 I haven't watched Fire Force like that. I, I I forgot her name. There's one character who some she's the um the fan service character and yeah. she's the victim of all the harassment. The victim of all the harassment yeah. is the brother that does uh fall in snow or whatever the the illusion. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah. 
That all he do is get harassed on screen. He don't have no other reason to exist other than to be harassed, which is terrible. And we don't condone harassment of anybody here on Section Eight No Jutsu. But he's no, fictional, so good. we can laugh at him. So it's just funny. Thanks. Like they switched it around. Like this person has an interest, and this seems referential to other shows. It seems this person's aware of a bunch of other writing, like you guys said, with all the naming conventions. And then to flip some of these things on their heads to make them more interesting is cool. And mm-hmm. him being reverse Mineta is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's really it's usually if you think about it, all characters that get harassed all the time are usually female characters. Mm-hmm. You look at yeah. um, you look at Lucy from Fairy Tale, um, the Cat Girl, like Et said from um, Fire Force. It's it's usually a female character, and kind of poking fun at it by re- reversing the you know the gender dynamic there, kind of makes it you kind of see it, the absurdity in a, mm-hmm. in a different light. Mm. Um. Also, it comes. Um, we're talking about earlier how they're all like orphans. Like, they're they're quite meta- metaphorically. They're they're all stray dogs. Like, literally, yep. they're all. That's true. That's true. That, yeah. And and I think um someone brings that up in um in a later season. Like they 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 mentioned that um you and your stray dogs to to Kunikita or something. Um, and that's and. And that being a referent of the of the title of the show is really cool. Yeah, and thematically, it kind of adds to the great of it all because it's like you're taking people on and giving them family, but you're also asking them to participate in these pseudo wars that go on across <laughs> with the biggest yeah. criminals in the world. It's like it's almost like Professor Rex and his kids. It's like, yo, you're this is a child soldier operation. Like this is not this is moral, but it's deeply immoral. This is nasty. This you can't continue this way. Yeah, and you were right about what um what you said. Kunikita is there's gonna be an episode later where it shows why Kunikita doesn't really there's a there's an extent to his ideals and there's a level to the ideals. Yeah, and, it and it's referenced a lot. It, it's referenced a lot when it comes to, when he's saying um I don't want to lose this person I don't mm-hmm. want to I don't want anyone to die anymore like the anymore part is what's you're gonna see you're gonna see that later where he addresses. It's a flashback that addresses all that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. why he he's that person now? Right, I believe it because you could just see it. Like even as it pertains to Kyoka and other episodes, um, not other episodes, um, just throughout, he's consistently saying, "Yo, you can't save everybody." Every time she's on the screen, he's like, "Yo, I understand the impulse, but you're gonna get hurt if you continue this way." And it's like, I don't, I don't know what show I'm thinking of specifically, but there's just like you know, it's an anime trope where it's like the teacher tries to teach something specific and says like, "Yo, you can't do that. That's too much. You won't be able to do it." And then their worldview is changed by the character that comes after them that accomplishes it. Oh, Naruto in the um the prophecy with Jiraiya yes. is an example of that. Uh, Deku with the bending the future with Night Eye is an example of that. All those things are like, yo, like I've had my dogma changed by this person who's just transcendent in a way that is, I guess, just completely unprecedented. But this world is dark enough and grim enough that. Again, I could see it going that way, and Atsushi being him enough to change the idea, but I could also see very easily that this gets nasty, and he learns the lesson that Kunikido was trying to teach him. So, like, I'm cool to how open-ended the, mor- the morality is sufficiently great that I can't assume we get a happy ending at the end of this. So I'm interested yeah. to see where it goes with that. I do think, like, the fact that you, you without any um, prior knowledge, could guess that, I think that's really good writing. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, they they tell they tell you as plainly as possible without it being heavy handed. Like he's having an emotional moment while he's trying to go get Atsushi and save Atsushi, not just from the exploding boat, 
or the ass whooping that he thought Akuta Guy was about to hand him, but from the hardship of whatever lesson it seems he learned. Because he's down there crying, not because Atsushi's in danger. He's down there having a moment, damn near, because he knows where this goes and he knows what that idealism, that optimism, that naivete can allow you to, can open you up to. And the hurt that I guess I'm, I'm assuming he's had is what puts him in that position. Um, yeah. Yeah, a lot of teachers yeah. in anime have that kind of moment, but this one I think was very, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't heavy handed. It wasn't subtle. It was just enough for you to understand what's going on. And you could feel that this was not about more than just a situation at hand when he's having that conversation. Yeah. So that like kind of wrapping up that episode, right? We see that, um, turns out Daze wasn't just following around Sasaki for a re for no reason. Um, she's actually the, like the Azure apostle. Um, it was, it was her father, correct? Or her lover, right? It was her lover. Yes, 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 yes. You're yeah, right. it was her lover. Um, and then the young boy, um, Rokuzo, his um, his father was killed by the Azure King because um, his father was a detective on the case right? Um, who was killed in the explosion. Um, and... Unable to kind of have like the bad ending in this episode is unable to kind of save them. There is no redemption. Um, kind of sticks with that like moral ambiguity. Um, and this is the point where if you're watching the English dub, where you're going to again be reminded how horrible it is. Um, because Kunikita's Kunikita's delivery at this point is horrible. Why? Why? (laughs) That is abysmal. Um. Uh, so definitely watch it subbed, not dubbed. Um, get more of like the emotional weight to it. But both of them end up dying, both Sasaki and Rokuzo. Um, Kunikita is struck because of his ideal of nobody should die, but then both of these people couldn't be saved because they both did an equal amount of wrong. Right. Um, so insofar as like the pe- the people they were before... He saw them as willing to be saved, but now he's conflicted because his ideals are the unjust should be punished. Mm-hmm. But these people were really just kids, and like they, it wasn't their fault that this happened. Um, and it hits him because the un, it doesn't always necessarily, it shows that it's not always the unjust doing it simply to be unjust. Sometimes you feel as though there is no other choice for them to get justice. Um, right. The so then, damage, what does yeah. just yeah, and like, what does justice look like in that case, right? In a situation like this, what does justice look like? Unfortunately, it looks like it with everybody who involved being dead. Um, and that's tough to deal with when like your thing is like nobody else needs to die. Yeah. So, so definitely a cool little arc. Um, sets up a lot more of the emotional weight in the show. Yes. Um, we had like a couple episodes of levity. Leading up to in the first five episodes, um, but this really kind of brings the weight down and again gets you more emotionally invested in these people's battles, um, and in like and emotionally invested in the side characters, and without really, I mean, to this point, right? Like, would you guys say like they haven't really invested that much in like getting you that emotionally invested in Atsushi, even though he is our protagonist? Yeah, right? he's like, not. He's not. 
him at all yet. Like, he's a tag-along for real. And I think it's been interesting because it sets up, A, that he's not the point of this whole thing, even though he might be the point of the whole thing as the Weird Tiger. But it, if he becomes a greater focus since he's the main character, like, I assume he will, the fact that they took this time to do basically, like, almost like some goodwill type shit and just, like, lay out a world that exists beyond his, you know, beyond his footsteps will serve very nicely in the future if it becomes about if it becomes the Atsushi show. If you have all this background for the other people and things that happened before Atsushi got down with the gang and things that happen off screen when he's not around, etc., it'll be easier to take the fact that he's now the only thing we're focused on if it goes that direction. Hmm. Yeah, I think that, yeah, um, the fact that the world exists when, when the main character is not on the screen and stuff happens when the main character is... It's not engaged in, in anything, and he's not really like doing anything specific that causes anyone to have to react to anything. He's always oh, he's a reactionary character at this point. Right. So the fact that your your main character is a, can be a reactionary character because he's so new to all this makes it um, makes the world building really really good. Yeah, I agree. Mm. All right. What's the mm. next step? What is it? Right. Episode eight. Let me see. Let me refer to the notes. Oh goodness. You know how that was the Oh well we got the demon stand. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Demon Snow. And um yeah. on the train. And Atushi's first effective use of his ability. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yo, Cole, you wanna go over that? Uh, episode eight, we have the Port Mafia kind of bringing out their secret weapon, um, in the form of this petite young girl dressed in traditional garb, um, Kyoka, who happens to have one of the deadliest powers we're shown to date, um, yes. and Demon Snow, which we're gonna, I'm sure E.T. will, will allow him to talk about that, um, but this is a really big point for developing Atsushi, right? Like, we kind of develop the people around him. We see the group of people that he's put into. But in this episode, we really see Atsushi stand out. And what does he stand for, right? What are What's his ideals? What's his line that he's not willing to cross? Um, so we also see Yosano, who is... That's the doctor, correct? Yeah, the doctor lady. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Right, the doctor lady that's got to, like, break your joints in half in order to... You finally get you to heal. Yeah. The, yeah. the fact that her yeah. power is only healing deadly injuries, <laughs> so she has to yeah. she has to bring you <laughs> to the brink of death to heal you is is such an interesting um healer yeah. character. I'll keep it a buck. I only half believe her. And this is why <laughs> this is why I only half believe <laughs> When what's that man's name? Uh Tanizaki? The the snow. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When Tanizaki yes. came in there, the smile she had on her face said to me that this was deeply enjoyable to her. I think, I think she, you know, likes to do harm, independent of the fact that she can help the people after they're harmed. That's mm. just my belief. And the fact that everybody looks at her, well, at least he does, with great fear on his face, I don't know, man. I feel like she just like to pop off a little bit. I think that she's no, no, like exactly right. just like a victim. She's just like a victim, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this episode was one of the more action oriented episodes we got to this. Point, yeah, yeah, because we cool. meet um we meet a a member of the Port Mafia, um Kaji who has the lemon bombs power, 
Why lemon like, bombs? What's that reference? Yeah, it, uh, uh, I'm not sure exactly what the reference is there. Me neither. Um, but the I'm power is interesting. Up. Yeah, the power is definitely interesting. I've been terrified to look um, up anything because I don't want spoilers. So it said lemon bomb, and I was like, what the hell is that? But I was like, if I look it up and I get spoiled, I'm going to be sick. So it's just, all I got is lemon bombs. He's just salty and sour. That's his ability. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, yeah, he just, essentially, like, he can throw the lemon bombs, and it prevents him from being hurt, right? Like, that's the extent of the ability, right? But they have to be lemon-shaped. So ridiculous. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like the thing is, like the power has like it right. has like, like like we're shown like the powers are weird, right? Like yeah. it's it's really like if quirks originally started, like people aren't getting the fire quirks off like no. first first generation. People yeah. getting stuff like this, bro. Like You're getting a, a crop of garbage real quick. <laughs> yeah, you getting a you, you get you getting a pencil sharpener in the palm of your hand. Like you are. Just, <laughs> <laughs> like, That's a fact. He can survive any explosion <laughs> caused by a lemon-shaped bomb. <laughs> like, yeah, bro. like like my man, like you're really getting the the bargain bin powers. Like, son. And the funniest <laughs> part is like he does not seem to find it. You don't think it's funny? He thinks it's perfectly nah, reasonable. Nah, he's dead serious. Like, yeah, his power dead is serious. lemon boy. Like that's your power. Yeah, I'm lemon boy. My, bro. my thing is, my thing is, how do you discover that's only specifically lemon-shaped bombs? Yeah, for real. Because, because I guess I don't know. Because a nigga like me would have would have would have tried a regular bomb and been murked on on before the show yeah. started. Yeah, I would have been I would have been pink mist, bro. That would have been horrible. Yeah, it looked like a scene out of Kick Ass if I had the lemonade. Because bomb, like, so. I'm trying to think like what what makes you think like all right, it's specifically lemon shape. What what experiments are you conducting to figure that out? Hmm. Yeah, like There's like how many shaped bomb seems to be effective. Like what? This I mean, okay, so naming convention, um Motojiro Kaji uh is a, again another Japanese writer. Um he has a work literally called Remen or Lemon. Alright. Um so yeah, one of his most famous works is called Lemon. Um What's it about bombs? It's a collection of short stories. 1924, so no, probably not about yeah, I don't bombs. I think it was about bombs. Um, da, da, da. Diseased lungs. Not diseased lungs. He bought one lemon he was interested in. It's just right. And that he felt... In, yeah, it's just it's just literally about lemons. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. So I guess like the naming convention is just to kind of tie him to his... That's and his power is to tie him more directly to his namesake. That's just funny. Um, his power kind of reminds me of that guy from the X-Men who could um, control fire but can't make it. Oh um, yeah, Pyro. Pyro. That poor yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> this man. Yeah, <laughs> you are useless, bro. That man carries like, a lighter in his pocket. Bro, I'm saying, sure. yeah, you. You for real? You got to bring a lighter. What happened if you run out of like? Damn, that's horrible. You got it. We want more for you. Now he, first of all, his, he just has ash Yeah, he just makes his ankles ashy, so he has instant. I was fire thinking, spiders. yo, as long as you got a little bit of. Little bit of eczema on the ankles, you might be here for real. Oscar Proud would make that power look crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just telling you what I know. But you know, what I mean, you know, it's. I think Pyro probably look like Endeavor. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. Oscar Proud would just get a, just a real a room with terrible, terribly dry air. Yeah, that's his hyperbolic time chamber. He about to go crazy for real. Ashley Larry would be God with that power, bro. 
<laughs> Ashley Larry on the Chappelle show. Ashley Larry on like a New York City February winter winter time. Them lips. Boy. He's a fire breather. The dragon of the West. <laughs> All right, this conversation is a little derailed. All right, so we're back on the train, <laughs> right? Oh, with the lemon. Um, Yasano, yeah, Yasano yeah. is fighting Lemon Boy. Lemon um, Boy. He's, she, she getting bombed to pieces. Uh, Atsushi is aware of the trigger for Kyoka's ability. So I don't know if Et, you want to talk about Kyoka's ability, Demon Snow, um, and how that works, how that's activated, as far ab- as you understand. Her ability uh, is pretty cool. Again, everything I'm learning is like you know, it's the first time. I'm sure they might change it later on. But the, the reason that her ability was interesting to me was I was like, oh shit, she has a um, she has a stand like from JoJo's. Okay, cool. But then the ability being tethered to the phone, it's like okay. She has an ability. She has a stand, and the stand is literally like a, effectively a person that works for you. But mm. she is also a stand in that she cannot control her own ability. And it's funny because it almost alienates her even further. Because if somebody else had to yell it out loud, she could go into battle knowing when it was going to get yelled out loud or whatever the case is. But because of the circumstances mm. that the Port Mafia put her into, she's going to receive a call at any given. They're going to tell her to go places. She'll receive a call whenever she receives a call. And then at that point, she's now a murderer. So it's like you are an, uh, an assassin for hire who has no agency in your own complicitness with what's going on. So it's like, wow, yeah. like, you, you're, you, it'd be hard to make a character who needs to be saved more because she doesn't have any, she's not even really participating in this. Like other yeah. than carrying the phone and the killer, she didn't, and she'd have no ability to protect herself. Um, yeah. She's literally just something to be dragged along. She is a pawn in the most, I guess, expansive way you can be a pawn because there's nothing else to her. So mm-hmm. that makes her interesting because she's so clearly like a pet, a slave, or whatever you want to call it, to the porn mafia. And then Atsushi, wanting to save her regardless, there's no potential gain here. And yet and still he's yeah. here to save this person. But it also, like, you know, I think Atsushi's young and his uh, Bungo Stray Dog. What's the name of the group? We just had another group, so I forgot the name. The, the Armed Detective Agency. Yes, and the Armed Detective Agency. Um, his participation in the Armed Detective Agency is still relatively new. And um, him being this new, he has to form his ideas so he can, you know, not be Kunikita, but eventually get to learn what his stuff is. So giving him a character who's almost a layup in that she's completely innocent helps him develop without having to, I guess, break his values yet. But it also makes him a superhero in that one instance because he's just a savior. So for him to activate his powers in the way that he did specifically to save somebody who's completely without fault here paints him further down that line that Kunikita seems to be trying to save him from, which I'm sure will have interesting ramifications later on. And all of this, Cole asked me about the power specifically, this is all a direct result of how the power functions. Whatever the restriction on the power is, that we at least you understand at this point, kind of weaves her into the story so effortlessly because she has no say. So how everybody responds to her matters. Kunikita goes, yo, she's a murderer, I don't know. Um, the rest of the group is like, hey, she was out here killing people. I don't really know about that. And Atsushi's like, nah, but it wasn't her. And he cares about the distinction. which, In a way that kind of sets his character growth up nicely and yes. also allows for, you know, the symbolism of what her character is to this point to be very clear very quickly. So I enjoyed uh, her stand being that she is effectively a stand. Yeah. And and I think it's explicit, like, the, the juxtaposition between her and Yasano, right? Like... Mm. So they're both members of the Port Mafia, right? And they both have this potentially dangerous power, right? Now Yasano is full tilt. He's he he has he is playing the bit, 
right? Like, I'm Mr. Bomb Guy, right? I'm going to blow everything up, <laughs> right? Like, you sound like, yeah, do some, do sound like Waluigi, but like. <laughs> Yo, what's the SpongeBob uh, uh, acronym? The the F I is villain is lemons. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The um that's his evil organ so, season so two, like, I know it. He so yeah, Gustano, who's like who's like explicitly like I'm the bad guy, I'm gonna do bad things. Like we got LaMilton Tayshawn over here. I'm crying. And then <laughs> you are full for real. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and I wasn't then, ready for LaMilton reference. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kyoko, right, who has this equally dangerous power, but like it's morally it's it's a little bit more ambiguous, like her role in it. Right? right, like Kunikita's throwing the baby with the bathwater, right? Like because it's her ability, she is responsible. Right, but I think she's like, no, like contextualize the situation. This is a little girl who is scared for her life, who is an orphan like us. Yep, who just wound up to instead of being saved like I was, she fell into the wrong hands. Right, like this could have very yeah, well been true. me. Yep. Right, like this, like if 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 Akutagawa got to got to me before you guys, like this would have been me. But the only reason why I am the guy I am now, the reason why I, I want to save her is because you guys saved me. Right. Like, and it's my chance to pass that on. Like, and he's getting bodied by that ability. Like, Cooked. the only thing that pretty much saves him is, is the fact that, like, the chaotic health regeneration from being the were-tiger. Right. Um, yeah. But, like, if he is, if, I'm pretty sure if it was anybody else, like, it would have been murdered. So, he, like, he is the person who can do it. Um, I do like how um, Akutagawa's first real decision he makes is to speak up for this girl. Um, that's really his first like like act that that wasn't like go on this mission and hang out with this guy. It was him. You mean Atsuchi? I mean Yatsuchi. I'm sorry. Oh, I was like, wait, what did she do? I don't remember this. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> My phone phone. Are you sure? The notes. Oh, the, were the notes did not cover this. All right, what does it mean? The, the, the were-tiger <laughs> nigga, nigga was his first real decision we've seen him make on screen was to stick up for someone else. Right? Yeah. I do, li- I do like that, how that became his, um, who, we, who, we, who we know him to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It bleeds into... Um... That was episode eight, right? It bleeds in episode nine because you get more of her characterization after um after yeah. she saves her. But um yeah, that that scene and the fact that he could activate his powers not to fight for offense but to protect people speaks volumes about who he is and what he does. Even though his ability seems to be like, you know, explicitly offensive, how he deploys it and what he uses it for to this point is regeneration and Evasion, like he uses it to dodge stuff with the special legs. That's getting a little further ahead. Uses it to dodge stuff mm-hmm. with tiger legs. Uses it to um, regenerate grievous injury, and to save her from the bomb by using tiger strength to jump out and whatever. So I think it she being used as a little bit of a foil or a parallel to Atsushi, not a foil rather, a parallel to Atsushi, helps because you know everybody's an orphan, but we haven't seen what the you know, the collecting of a stray dog or the adoption of a stray dog process looks like. And he's the person who leads it this time. And the fact he doesn't have the support of everybody matters because, you know, Asushi, if I'm not mistaken, killed people as well while he was in his tiger form and did not know he was a tiger. So him and her are more or less the same thing when they, or there were at least tiger attacks. I don't remember if the people would die or not, but there were tiger attacks. 
Um, he has more people as a result of his powers. Yeah, and completely yeah. unbeknownst to him. Now, she yeah. knows it's happening, but she can do absolutely nothing about the fact that it's happening. So them two being the same thing and Kunikita seemingly having this um, aversion. To, did Kunikita not want to take Atsushi on at first? I don't remember. Uh, yeah, Kunikita was... Kunikita, he wasn't against it. He wasn't um, for it in the way Dazai was, right? Yeah, yeah, he just didn't see what Dazai saw in the kid. Um, like uh, I mean, Kudikita also didn't know he was the Were Tiger at right, first, right, right. um, until like he saw it happen. Um, but he kind of like deferred to Dazai's judgment, and I got and again that that kind of leads into like their partnership, right? Um, and where he trusts Dazai to know what he's to that even though his 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 methods are weird as hell, and like he'll never understand it, and it frustrates him sometimes. He understands that Dazai is doing it for a reason, right? And like he doesn't have to know; it'll make sense eventually, right? Um, like he, yeah, it's there's that kind of trust between them two. Yeah, but yeah, it it was it, it was enjoyable to see him be enough of a member of the team to have input now, and to at the very least see himself enough in Kyoka to try to assist her beyond what he would be obligated to do, because it shows that there's nothing moral about being somebody who's in need. Um, but being in need might change your politics, your beliefs, your ideas enough to make you behave more morally toward other people. And it's clear that Atsushi is not just somebody who, when he was, you know, he's down, now he's up. <laughs> Everybody that's not up like me, good luck. Like, nah, he cares for other people. And his goal, it seems, is to bring the kindness and the chance that the detective agency gave to him to other people. And Kiyoka seems to be the first instance of that. Now, whether or not there'll be additional instances, whether or not she'll grow to be a love interest, I'm not sure. Their ages are something I start mm-hmm. to struggle with. I know Atsushi's like, what, 16-ish? Yeah. I don't know how old she is because anime. Uh, I don't know if she's in his age yes. group or if she's a kid or whatever the case yeah. may be. But... I think they're similar. Okay. I think she's like 15. Okay, okay. Um so she might end up being pick. a love interest yeah. or something, but Let's even see. that's not what the initial interaction seems to be. Yeah, um, no, no. So him trying to save her is altruism at this point. So I'm interested to see, I guess, he's going to have that moment where stuff goes other than how he wants it to, and Kunikita is going to be there to either see it go positively or go negatively. But this being the start of that process and how that shows itself more specifically in when she comes back to um, the agency. She's 14. And, uh yeah okay oh yeah fourteen yeah so they're similar yeah, same age more or less um, yeah yeah they're yeah both little high school kids um but yeah seeing her her joining the team being the moment that sets him down the path to have to deal with hardship is pretty cool and I don't know if she's gonna be the one or if there's gonna be another wayward youth that he picks up along the way or what but you can see that she's important in how she allows us to understand and see Atsushi. Hmm. I do like how when yeah. she pulls up, she said, I got a body count of 35. <laughs> talking, she was talking at talk at the beginning. I was like, wait a minute. She was, she was really talking like. She she was really, she was dead ass at the moment. I was like, wait. Yeah. <laughs> you do not it, sound it, like this is against your will. You chat. Right I mean, it was it's cool because like she became like, it was like that, that um, Stockholm thing, right? Like, right. yeah, he didn't like that she killed those people, right? Like she was never... Like, she's not a killer by nature, but she has what has been used to be a killer's power. Yes. Right? Like, um, I mean, I don't know what the positive, like, applications of her power would be, but, like, 
she wouldn't she doesn't want it to be used in this fashion right um so it's like that conflict within her and so she sees that and empathizes with it um and it it it, it definitely helps us kind of, again get that emotional it it gives us more emotional investment in um, Atsushi, um, which is nice. yeah. it wraps up like this little mid four episodes of this twelve episode season. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Oh, also, I noticed. I don't know if it's symbolism. You know how certain characters in certain anime like. Their injuries kind of fall in a similar place all the time. Like no matter who whooped him, how Vegeta's arm always broken. Yes. <laughs> Atsushi's slashes were even on either side, and they take the form that kind of looks like tiger stripes. Like you know, it's like a little triangular slash on either side of his white shirt, and it's yeah. I think it was like two each on the forearm and a little bit more. So I was like, oh, okay, y'all y'all giving us a little bit of I don't know if it's intentional or not, but very specifically laid slashes. And they come back some other time when he's getting whooped, if I'm not mistaken. I think it might be in the, uh, yeah. the, the pop-off episode. But yeah, I'm I'm enjoying his... He's not developing as a super-powered person as much yet, but I'm enjoying his development as a, I guess, moral figure or moral pillar in the detective agency and growing into the capability of being a main guy. So like before it was Dazai and Kunikita, and as he continues to develop, he might be a, you know the third member of that party in a way that has some value more than the tag-along. Yeah, and and like the point is like to to for us not to as the audience to get fall in love with them as powered individuals, right? Right, like it's for us to watch them as humans with these abilities. Like, yes, you are better than the normal person because you have this extra ability, but like you're still withholding to being a a good person morally and ethically. Um. And, like, what that means for you is, like, very colored by your personal experience. But, like, do what you can to do what you think is right. Yes. Um, right. I mean, it, I, I, I really enjoy the anime. There's a very clear message um, throughout the entire, like, first season. Um, and it's never really lost throughout any of the episodes so far. Yeah, I, the, I said to Rob earlier, episodes five through eight have not been, I feel like episodes one through four were kind of very specific in establishing Atsushi and introducing us to the agency and stuff like that, but now he's part of the agency. It's more the daily goings on of the agency, but the episodes didn't take a lull, they just weren't as story specific, because, you know, a bunch of shows take this form. It'll be like a character of the week kind of thing or an enemy of the week kind of thing. But it uses those moments. You know, we don't have to focus on what random Lemon Boy is doing. We can focus on <laughs> who Atsushi is. Lemon Boy. <laughs> it's like Bling Bling Boy, but with anime. <laughs> <laughs> Lemon Boy. Uh, what's it called? We can focus on the characters and how they respond to the situation more than worrying about, well, what gave Lemon Boy his start? Does he prefer pulp free lemonade or is simply his favorite like we can focus on the specifics of who Atsushi is how Dazai functions in the agency what Kunikita's backstory is etc so I like that especially if things are going to get more uh, you know singularly story driven going forward like a singular you know overarching narrative kind of deal Sure.
home. 